Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're watching this summary, you know, I have to kind of question it because this was one of the best series we've seen in a long time, in a very, very long time. We are talking about Topispos versus Fnatic. This was an absolutely mental, mental series. Very, very good one. I think Topispos showed that they are the better team, which I don't think was a surprise to anyone. But Fnatic uh, showed a lot of grit and a lot of good force and uh, fighting back to the very predictable bands that would uh, uh, come their way. I think, you know, I, I, I will walk away from this series, you know, thinking that Fnatic actually performed well. Uh, I know a lot of people out there are going to be like pointing fingers, trying to figure out how uh, they couldn't uh, close it out. But Toby Sports uh, definitely uh, kept uh, composure. Uh, we're going to, of course, go into the details of uh, the match in our summary. If you want to have a more in-depth, even deeper uh, depth of uh, analysis than this one, uh, you can check out all the games they've been reviewed uh, with by me and Jizuke. We reacted to them live as they were playing, and um, I had a, a blast. I love spending time with Jizuke. He was in, he's in North America, so his time zone was a bit scuffed. But he, he pulled through for us. He pulled through for us. As always, you can check out any of these summaries on The Voice of Yamato on Spotify. Uh, the link below hasn't been updated, so just search for The Voice of Yamato and you will find it uh, very quickly. Let's get in uh, to the nitty-gritty. Uh, game one, I think uh, Hillisang really, really outdid himself. Uh, it started off with Fnatic. Well, let's discuss draft before we head into the game, right? At the draft, I honestly thought Topispos were favored. That's what's crazy here. I thought they were favored because looking at Ezreal, Zoe, Graves into the first three that you see on the red side, you know, Senna is fine into Ezreal, Zoe, Graves. That's not the issue. Senna is a strong pick. Uh, there's very few spots where she is very useless unless it's into a lot of tanks, which they compensate with in 4 and 5. So Graves, Ezreal, Zori are three champions that are very good into Kali and Kindred. You want to have champions that rely on poke and rely on, you know, strictly said, uh, you know, not hard committing. You know, Ezreal wants to Q, keep distance, and Zoe wants to Q and bubble and keep distance. This is perfect against Kindred and Gadi. You never find yourself in a position where you hard commit. So this first three, for me, was a big win. If, if we talk about the bands... I think uh, Volibear was strange to me, very odd ban. Uh, Twisted Fate was also an odd ban because this is a 2019 Fnatic pick. This is not something that they played too much. And when they did in summer, it didn't have a lot of success. So they just banned Twisted Fate. I understand the thought process as to why, because Twisted Fate could solve some of the issues that Fnatic have. The issue of Fnatic always is Nemesis is isolated and is playing to survive. It's a stylistic choice the Fnatic have gone with, but I think also it makes sense considering uh, Nemesis as a player. This is something he's been doing for a very long time. TF allows you to give up mid-prior and still support the plays that are happening on side. And what Fnatic want to do always, this year, last year, with Brox as well, it's always into bottom, right? Into bot. And um, Twisted Fate follows that line. So Twisted Fate ban, I didn't mind. Oriana ban, and then enemy needs to ban Lucian because, of course... Uh, uh, Knight plays a wonderful Lucian, they would have first picked it, and then the first pick Graves uh, to deny anything, uh, to deny the Graves pretty much from, of course, um, uh, our friend uh, Selfmade. 
So I was good. I, I like this thought process, you know. I, this is the bands that I spoke about in my preview yesterday as well. This is what I thought. Fnatic came in prepared. They had the Kindred ready. Thank you guys so much for your subscriptions. I will notify and talk about your names uh, uh, right after. Um, the um, Kindred was a good adaptation. Kindred from Selfmade is something that we haven't seen. The Galio is also something new. Galio is something that Jizuki told me that he played a lot in the past, uh, in uh, uh, 2019 Fnatic. So the Galio came out. But as I mentioned, you know, to summarize it all, I like the first three picks more from Top Esports. Yumi Barot gets locked in. Okay, uh, you remove some of the champion synergies that uh, happened together with uh, Ezreal. Okay, uh, I don't know if they would have picked it. Uh, Leona Orn, I really like this rotation. This rotation because it's good into Galio Senna, but Kindred does indeed get uh, a little bit of more value here, right? But Orn and Leona never need to hard commit. They just need to parry and CC Singe as he's trying to jog in. Singe was the final piece that actually made me question uh, everything in the draft. I feel like Singe is something that uh, really adds some spice and flavor uh, to this draft that is necessary because Singe is very awkward to play against, even as Ezreal, because there are scenarios where the W lands on you and you can't get away. Ezreal, especially with Icewind Gauntlet, doesn't have that high move speed, and sometimes, you know, well-placed W can win you uh, the game. And uh, Singed into Orn is something that I believe Singed loses early, then later as, as Singed progresses and he has a bunch of levels and he can use Conqueror, maybe get some Ravenous Hunter stacks, then he definitely uh, looks uh, stronger. So I like the Singed as uh, the last piece here to give Rakan something to jump on and then to, you know, get into the enemy backline and then combo with Galio. So it definitely gave them magic damage. It gave them a decent matchup into Orn and also some, you know, craziness uh, in, in the context that Singed is not uh, played that often. So draft-wise, I was leaning to Esports. Even in hindsight, I feel like I'm leaning to Esports. I, I just feel like Zoe, Ezreal, Graves are very tough to deal with. It's a stronger 2v2 in mid. And early game-wise, I feel like they have a little bit more options. But what happened in this game was... I feel like Karsa very, very uh, like hard underperformed. Because considering Kindred's state and what Selfmade managed to accomplish uh, and managed to farm out and managed to do... When Graves was so far ahead, Graves had a kill and he was in good state. You know, everything was looking very, very nice and dandy for uh, for Graves. There was a key moment at level 3 where he couldn't invade the second Gromp. I think that was a problem. Uh, he stole away the red and got out for Flash. I don't mind that. I think that's a trade that you take. And then he Kars actually wasted time when he was deciding between the two crabs that he wanted to take. Kindred got a mark. So that helped him. And then he also got the second spawn of Gromp, even though he had bottom prior and he had Zoe uh, to potentially help him. I think this is a moment where he had to invade to maintain his pressure. There was another moment where Grace was level 6 and he had an advantage and he had an opportunity to invade on blue, but he chose not to. Kind of was very low HP, but I believe he was respecting Galio. But I think if he went through mid and pushed the mid wave instead of freezing it for Zoe, Zoe could have participated very quickly and they could have punished further. So I think this was a very, very key moment. Another key thing was that uh, the 2v2 bottom side, Senna and Rakan, was actually killing the enemy bot lane. They were killing them, they were setting up ganks, they were giving kindred opportunities, and uh, it became very, very easy for them to find an avenue to play through. Yuyanja was definitely the imposter that uh, Fnatic found. They kept ganking him over and over, and this is a recipe that gave them a lot of success. 
Later down the line, Zoe was super far ahead, and that was the key difference. Like Zoe was super far ahead, and Senna was super far ahead. But Topis was forcing bottom too fast. Zoe was walking down from mid lane, and Gali, of course, has his uh, a hero's entrance. He can uh, join the fight from afar, and this is something that Topis was weren't respecting, and this further snowballed uh, Fnatic. Another key moment was Top Esports, they uh, forced very hard on Dragon and they skipped the idea of uh, taking mid turret. So they used Rift Herald on enemy mid turret and the mid turret was about uh, this size in terms of HP if you look at your screen. I don't know how big it's going to be on your screen. Well, one fifth, I don't know why I'm showing like this. Uh, one fifth of um, the turret's HP was alive, no platings. They could have just rounded up and they could have grouped around mid, taken the mid tower and that allows them to gain so much more space so you push midway all the way and that means that you have so much more time to work with in terms of uh, approaching the rest of the map so if they take the mid tower and then go into drake there's not going to be any threat of the enemy going into mid the reason mid tower is so important is because mid tower gone unleashes Hilisan, unleashes the rakan because he gets a lot of more angles to work with in order to engage on this very fragile backline that is ezreal and zoe so what Top Esports did, they committed all the way to Drake, mid prior was not there, and then Fnatic just traded uh, mid turret uh, for the Drake, and they also got the top tower for it, and this opened up the game. Opened up the game way too much. Another issue for me this time around was that Zoe had an opportunity to snowball the game, but she went for Banshee. So Banshee I don't have a problem with, because Banshee is very good against Rakan, good against Singed, good against Galio even. But... The problem is he was so far ahead and he stifled his own potential to carry the game. Like his, I think the best plan would have been to go for that cap, get the upgrade, and then he would be in a position to put the enemy in one-shot range. He got the Luden's Echo upgrade, he had the Magi, he had the Banshee. The problem with this, as he got death cap third, is that the Void Staff comes too late. There's too many Mercuries and he's not going to put anyone in one-shot range. So his three core had to be Maybe a Oblivion Orb, Luden's Echo, Deathcap, Voidstaff. Uh, Banshee was a losing play, even though Banshee is okay as a defensive item. But considering the state of your Ezreal, this was something that was necessary. So these were the key moments of the game, but there was also Jackie Love looked very silly. Uh, like a lot of moments he was eing in and dying, like Rakan just snapped Engage on him, snapped Singe W. Very, very strong play from Hilisang. Uh, across the entire series, but especially in this uh, particular game. I think Hilisang definitely uh, deserves the MVP for game one. So we're going to give our MVPs as well to kind of round off the discussion of each game. Uh, this leads us into uh, the second game. Let's make sure that it's on screen because I always mess that up. Okay, so game number two, the adaptation was Rakan Ban, understandable, Rakan smurfed and 1v9. They went for Twisted Fate and Graves, and if you check my review, the moment they banned Graves, I knew they were looking for Senna first pick. Senna has been a huge pick for Reckless and uh, Jackie Love, so they just went for it. I understand it completely. Ash Oriana is the lock-in, so this time around Oriana is given to uh, Nemesis. And the answer is Tom Kench Silas. So here I was like, oh my god, why are they picking Tom? I think the idea of picking Tom only for the purpose of Ash is outdated. Tom doesn't give you enough. Cleanse is a powerful tool, and also Mikael's is a powerful tool. This is how you deal with Ash Hour if you find it to be a problem. So I didn't like this. I really didn't like this. Silas also is a bit questionable, because you are picking it into Oriana, 
sure. I think in a case where you're knight against Nemesis, I think Oriana is good into Silas when you think of the isolated lane. Knight did in fact do well this game, but he was not in a condition to carry this at all. Tom doesn't really provide him with anything, and um, uh, Brom was a genius looking, very, very nice looking. Brom allowed them to pick Orn without feeling bad about giving Silas Orn ultimate. This this was beautiful. Like Brom ultimate doesn't have that crazy AP scaling, so Silas is not so happy to seal it. And also Brom can block any potential ash arrows that are coming. Brom is just a very good champion into Silas. He needs to dive in, he's going to get stacked on, and then he's going to, of course, die. Camille Vladimir Ban, they were setting up for the Orn, and the Orn comes in, and already I think there is such a big draft gap. Like you, you're playing Tom Kench against Oriana, Brom, Orn. You can't really do much. And then the continuation here in draft, there's just nowhere, nowhere to go where you can actually solve it. There's no solution. I think also banning Hecarim when you have Silas is a big troll. Very, very troll. I think banning Volibear, I think they were scared of the Volibear because they banned the first three before. I think it's just an idea of, uh, you know, people performed well on it, uh, we, we remove it. But Hecarim ban when you have Silas, like what on earth are you thinking? Kindred gets picked again and of course Kindred is going to have monster value here. You're picking Jarvan and you know that the Kindred is coming, but ja Kindred loves to play against Jarvan can dodge EQ, can get out the ult, and Jarvan is only one mode, is to commit forward and to go in. And then Kindred, of course, is going to be uh, very useful with his ultimate. The ultimate is going to get so much value against the Silas and the Jarvan and the GP. And the Tomkin Senna are just not really involved in what's happening. The only thing that can go wrong for Top Esports or main for Fnatic in this game is if they snowball the game out of control and Silas gonna dominate side and just snowball crazy, crazy hard. But that didn't happen because the repeat of the first game was just Tom Kench was the imposter. To keep ganking Tom Kench, keep targeting Tom Kench, and then eventually Fnatic, even though they had a slight goal disadvantage, they did. Uh, well in team fights and they had all the dragons and uh, all was good for them this was just a big draft gap and also once again Yuanja uh, had a target on his back there was one particular play where Fnatic hard committed into bottom side and TP'd and uh, the issue with that one was that uh, you know Wipo his wave top was bad because he was giving up for the sake of the GP and uh, he was giving up because I think uh, just for the sake of Kindred Kindred was passing into bottom side same thing with mid. Like Silas' mid position was better because he was first on the mid wave to push it in. Uh, GP got two platings on top, and and I I don't think actually never mind. GP didn't get platings on top. He just caught a big wave. So there was a lot of gold advantages happening from a TP play that happened bottom because Topis was picked up a lot of kills. So they had an advantage early on, but it just became so meaningless. The ganks kept coming in on Tom. And it was crazy to me that Tom went into this game with Halo Blades. Halo Blades can be good in some situations, but after a game where you just got ganked over and over, you go into this game, uh, I think Fnatic really, really capitalized on this. Something that I tweeted out that I wanted to highlight was, I tweeted that what happened today with Top Esports is a weakness that almost Fnatic is designed to exploit. When you have a weak support, I think a team like Fnatic is, is the only team left in the tournament besides maybe Genji that is going to really, really put it to your support in the same fashion. I don't think this is the Top Esports hardest matchup, but some of the matchups that are going to play against, for example, against Suning, they are very, very similar in terms of how they approach the game. All right? 
or uh, Topisu versus Damwon, that is a matchup where Damwon is not going to like permagang bottom to uh, crash onto Yuyanja. It's not even only about permaganking bottom because Fnatic is just so good at the, handling their wave state. This is something that, you know, really, really has brought a lot of frustration to every LEC bot lane that plays against Fnatic. Uh, their bot lane, it, it requires you to be on point with everything because if you do something wrong, they're going to punish you hard. And this is something that Fnatic are specialized in. I think Reckless and Hillisang, I think Life and Ruler are also very good at it. Uh, I think this is just the case. And this is what I meant with the tweet. I didn't mean that Fnatic is the best matchup into top esports and top esports will just breeze through the tournament now. No, no, this is what I meant. I just think Fnatic stylistically can target top esports weaknesses, which we saw in two uh, of the games that were played. Eventually, this game was just over. I, I think Silas can't really do anything. Like, Silas can never find any rhythm or any flow in such a team composition. Tam provides us with nothing. I really, really disliked Tom Kench pick here. It was awful. Really, really ugly. Uh, really, really bad. So Fnatic, uh, if I give it to uh, give the MVP to someone, I think uh, I think Selfmade played uh, really, really well this game. I think Selfmade played super good. Orn played super good. Uh, Sang played uh, super, super good. And uh, Oriana was just solid. Like that was that was that was Hillis I mean Nemesis' purpose in this game. Just to be solid. Make sure that you don't solo lose the game. And uh, uh, obviously, there's going to be player disparities sometimes. But if you want to go all the way and win a world championship, that is not something that you need to, that you can uh, account for. You know, you can't account for that. Maybe in some different positions, you know, maybe in some dif different positions. But in mid, it is just too central. It's too relevant in the game. Right? This time around, Nemesis just kept calm. He kept to see his numbers up. And that was it, you know. He didn't need to do much more. The action happened around bottom, and uh, that was cool. That was it, you know. Nemesis did fine. I think always in the conversation of uh, everyone's always talking about, oh, this game Nemesis played good. This game uh, Nemesis played bad. I think it's just in the context of, like I think his, his performance is rather consistent, but I think it's always in the context of what's happening in the game. Some games he's allowed to play the way he wants to, and some games he, he is not. Fnatic plays through bottom side, rarely they go into mid. That is something that makes it harder for Nemesis, but I don't know if this is something that Nemesis has chosen or Fnatic has chosen. He gets very little attention. We saw some of that in the best of five today, uh, especially in that uh, Galio game that he played, I believe, in game number four, where he got uh, a little bit more attention. They had mid prio and went into river and pushed out with Galio and they helped him, which is a good sign. Because I don't envy the situation Nemesis is in as a player. Um, he is always, always playing in isolation. But at the same time, I understand why you would make that choice. Because Fnatic will have the most success playing through bottom. I don't think if, if Fnatic played through mid that they would have a good shot. I think it would be losing. And always in the discussion, for example, when, when Fnatic beat Genji, I didn't think Nemesis had a good game. Because Azir was running rampant in that game. But still, a lot of people went walked away with the opinion, wow, Nemesis did well. He kept the CS numbers up and he didn't die to ganks. And this is Nemesis' job on Fnatic. And that is a choice that a team makes. So I don't want to put that everything on Nemesis. But in the context of this year's Fnatic with Selfmade and last year's with Fnatic with Broxa, it's the same. It's always the same, right? 
Selfmade, of course, is individually better than Broxa, but playing through bottom side, playing through bottom side is always, always the same. There's no, no, never any involvement through mid. And the idea of self-made nemesis was always, wow, they're 2v2, they have synergy. So it is something that is important to address, right? Nemesis just plays to keep, he, keep his CS numbers up and he plays to not die to ganks. And uh, when someone plays like that, there will be opportunities granted to the enemy team. Anyhow, this game, solid. Didn't die to ganks, patience. Sometimes that's what you want from a player. And here, everything connected with Fnatic, so that's good. Patience, don't die, and you win. Okay, this game was pretty straightforward, honestly. I think just uh, a diffy in the gra uh, draft, for sure. Okay, game number three, when things started turning. So this time around, I was very shocked to see Sion by a sheen. Now, that was wild. What was strange to me as well was, so Twisted Fate graves Leona ban. Like, why did they decide to ban Leona? When they banned Leona, I was like, are they first picking Rakan? Is this, is that it? And then it didn't happen. And then they first pick Oriana. I was like, okay, that's fine. They first pick Oriana. Take it away from Nemesis. Good. And Knight is a fantastic Oriana. He's going to be fine regardless of what matchup comes. Jin Orn. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth happened to Senna? Both AD carries had high prior on Senna, and this game they just shook their hands and say, hey, no Senna. Ezreal into Orn and Jin, I understand. I understand the Ezreal. I'm not blaming Tobi's was at all for picking Ezreal, because you want to have a dash against the Orn ultimate, and picking Senna against Orn in a lot of cases is bad, because you don't have the DPS to pull him down. So Sion gets picked into Orn, 369, beautiful Sion. Beautiful Sion, very, very good. I loved this Sion performance. Definitely uh, the best player in this game. This game, whew, 369 MVP. Ezri is locked in and then the Rakan. So what was the purpose of Leona Band? I don't know. If someone can ask these players, let me know if you find out the answer. Because Leona Band was strange. Maybe they think Leona is good into Oriana or something. I really don't know. Uh, Rakan gets locked in and Rakan he did so, so well on. But Jin Rakan, they don't have a lot of pressure in lane. Uh, Yumi Bard gets banned and then Karma gets locked in. Karma was something that I already called for in the previous game uh, for them to pick together with Ezreal. I thought that was a choice. They went for Lee, Kindred is banned this time. And I thought this would be the spot where they go for Hecarim. Very surprised not to see Hecarim here. I thought the theme of what Fnatic was to accomplish here is just Rakan, Hecarim, Orn all go in. And my information about Kha'Zix Leeson is that Leeson is one of the better choices in the Kha'Zix. I was very surprised by the Kha'Zix showing up. Uh, maybe the idea is Kha'Zix can assassinate Karma. Maybe there's, uh, you know, there's four squishes on the enemy team. Kha'Zix can maneuver himself around the Scion because the CC is not hard. Maybe this is the thought process. Uh, whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't like it. I, I didn't like it too much. So Hecarim, maybe against Ezreal, maybe we'll have a hard time. Karma gives a lot of move speed. Um, I just, you know, it's it's not an easy place to pick like the best jungle possible. Uh, it's it's not easy at all with uh, with the bands that are on the table. But I was very surprised to see Kazix as uh, your choice. I thought Hecarim would be uh, the choice. Anyhow, uh, another thing that you can maybe point out is maybe it's worth it to pick Kindred on three 
and then look to uh, do some jungle bands because I think these Yumi Bard bands are not uh, too exciting in my eyes. Bard makes sense because you have Jin and Velkos, both are very stationary, very slow. So Bard makes sense, but Yumi, I don't know about Yumi. So maybe you can look to Ban Lee because this is a castle special and then you have your Kindred. Uh, maybe the enemy is going to go Gragas, but then they're AP heavy, whatever. There's, there's, there's room to, to explore here, right? Uh, a lot of room to explore. This time around, I felt like the draft was much more even. I think the the, the rows uh, of Kha'Zix... You know, I, I could see a world where like W Kha'Zix could set up uh, his team for success. You know, you just Ws, the slow happens, and then it's cool. But that didn't ever happen in this game. Sion solo killed top. He bought a Sheen, uh, which was... I don't know, he just bought a Sheen. I was like, what on earth? He's buying a Sheen? He's getting more AD damage into this Orn that he's going to buy... So much armor already because Sion does physical damage with Q and, and E reduces armor and so forth. And then he solo kills. He just gets a solo bolo in the top lane and that opens up the game. I think um, this game was completely, uh, it just broke open uh, because um, there was a situation where they were pushing top. And I think uh, Whippo burnt Flash for no reason. I think Whippo didn't perform good in this one. I think best of five, Whippo played super, super well. Altogether, the best of five. Uh, probably, like, he played really, really well. But this game, he was off his game. He, he flashed for no reason against a... where I think he would survive. And then afterwards, he had no flash and kept contesting, died. I believe one and a half towers were killed on top. And then they moved into mid. And then the biggest issue there was Kha'Zix tried to assassinate the Karma. And then Kha'Zix died too. And all of a sudden... Uh, Topi's was composition was just 5k gold ahead due to these advantages. They got a lot of playthings. And then when they were ahead, there was just no coming back. Velkos into Oriana, I liked it here. Uh, I was discussing it a lot with Jizuke. And, and after uh, Velkos reaches a certain point where he gets enough levels, I think uh, he can definitely contest and win against Oriana and, and pressure Oriana. I, I don't know if I like the Glacial, though. I didn't feel like it was a glacial game because he already has enough setup and I think there is a, there is a certain a very very clear lack of damage here on this team I think Leandri uh, Deathcap Ludens all of this jazz would have been so much better here especially when you have Orn I think Orn is a is is a very big red flag when it comes to glacial augment users sure you get might get Deathcap on third but I don't know I think here with Jin on your team, you have so much setup already, you don't need more setup. Just, uh, we, we might have to reach out to Azap. Let's uh, let's reach out to Azap. 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 I'm just writing in there. Azap, my brother, was Glacial Augment Troll today in the game. It's a Leandri game, no? Game, yeah. Where's Azap? Maybe he's streaming. I can ask him in his stream. Twitch TV, Azap. Azap. All right. Azap, was it trolled? Today to go Glacial. Leandri, Deathcap, OP, no? So much setup already on team. 
my stream is lagging. GLP Landry does get yeah. He had Orn and Rakan for setup for sure. You're, you're right. I was I did a review earlier. Nice. Nice as up. Thank. Don't like Ludens. You don't like Ludens? Um, I mean, he could have gone Ludens as well, but GLP in that case is pretty good. Okay, okay. Thank you. It can help him dominate the mid game. Okay, okay. Thank you, Azap. So he confirmed it. That's. Uh, thank you, Azap. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Anyhow, I think we talked enough about this game. Uh, let's head into uh, game number four. Game number four. Game number four. Fanatic band Silas Ezreal. This was the first blue side game, okay? Silas Ezreal. Okay, after that performance, Ezreal ban, we don't mind. Here, I thought after Graves gets locked in, good for self made. Senna Nidley, okay, we don't mind that too, we like it. I thought 100% Fnatic need to be the ones to lock in Orn. I thought Orn. The reason I wanted Orn here is because Renekton should be coming on 3. Why on earth is Renekton not picked on 3? Here Renekton needs to be picked on 3. So this game for Fnatic fans probably should be... This game should be the most disappointing moment. Yeah? This definitely should be the most disappointing moment if you're a Fnatic fan. Because this game, they were winning. They were winning super, super hard. This game was, honestly, at one point, I thought it was game over, 3-1. I thought the series is finished. Anyhow, Tom Kench gets locked in. They're picking Tom because it's decent into set Ash. But this means that your top lane champs are going to get banned out. Right? Renekton come in. But they found a very clever way to fix this by flexing Jace. I was kind of taken aback by this. I was like, okay. So enemy didn't go on here. You can third pick Renekton. Third pick Renekton. The enemy's not going to ban Tom. Fuck Tom. Uh, and then, boom. Like, like here you just ban uh, Orn and you're going to be go golden. What do you pick into uh, Renekton? You can ban Orn, Volibear, and then you can fifth pick mid and you can counter. So many mid bans already. You know, Twisted Fae, Oriana, Silas, Syndra, all the blind pick mids are out already. So it would have been like a more elegant solution to it. Anyhow, Tom is locked in and then Jace. Jace flex. Very nice. Here is a point of criticism for Nemesis. Because the go-to blind pick here is Zoe. You have to pick Zoe here. Imagine Zoe was picked here. It would have been so good. Instead, you blind pick Galio into the Jace flex. Galio hates Jace. He hates, despises Jace. It's a good matchup for Jace. It's, it's not that great. Here is a spot for Zoe. But Nemesis, no Zoe. Okay. Sion gets locked in because Sion was so successful in the first game. That's why they didn't want to ban Orn. And that's why they don't pick Orn. They're afraid of the Singed. Imagine if Singed was picked into Nidalee, Senna, Tom. This is not something that uh, this, these three can deal with. So they didn't want to pick the Orn away. That's why I was considering Orn ban in my mind. Rakan is banned. Okay, they don't know where Set goes. Maybe it goes Set goes top or whatever. I thought also here what could potentially be done. I thought... Maybe they would consider like uh, set mid lane and then pick Bard or something like this. Maybe there is room to go, you know, 
some of the support, maybe set mid into chase, but you have set graves, ash is not the greatest, right? Uh, but Orn, Ash set, and of course a support that pushes you to buy Mercury is also, you know, uh, something that uh, could potentially work here. But Galio into Jace, I really didn't like it. I really didn't like it here. Anyhow, Sion into Orn. Uh, Sion is going to get a lot of value this game, right? Because enemy is very, very AD heavy. The carries are indeed, uh, of course, here, um, whatchamacallit, uh, they are very AD heavy. So these are the carries. Hillisang is the carry. This is the carry. Uh, this game was a bit of a mid-gap. I'm going to be honest. The reason I say this game was a very, very open. And I think Fnatic should have won it. Based off of how the early game played out. First mistake that happened was... So Hillisang flashed bot to try to burn some summoners. Because Graves was pathing into bot. And this was one moment where Fnatic showcased some imprecision. So they, he burned the sums because he wanted to make the enemy low. But they didn't get low enough to stop contesting the wave. And the wave never crashed into the tower. So Graves wasted a lot of time. And then eventually the cannon wave at 4.30 came. And there was no dive bottom and Graves wasted plenty of time. Nidalee came down in the bottom side. And Nidalee had an advantage in tempo. So this was the first mistake. After self-made repaired this mistake instantly instantaneously because the mid gank that he did was so damn beautiful very damn beautiful he played with knight's mind he found a gank and a kill in a galio graves matchup against jace jace burnt flash he burnt cleanse and galio got to keep tp advantage his lane state was in shambles before graves pulled off this beautiful beautiful gank the reason this is so important, because that snowballed into the next play. Into the next play, because Hillisang does this thing where he wards in the middle of the lane. And he sets up for the Galio TP. Galio TPs, and they kill Senna. Beautiful. The Senna kill makes them, uh, gives them the opportunity to set up uh, the bottom wave state in a way where they're going to be able to dive again. And that happened. Boom. Fnatic's on the board. 4-0. Graves pathing into Rift Herald, doing Rift Herald, and then what happens? Fnatic hard force on bottom. Fnatic hard force on bottom, where there was a situation where Hillisang postured in a way like he's level 6. Then it looked like he realized he's not level 6. The Galiwood came in, and they are forcing a situation where Graves is on top side. Ah, they had Herald, they had a gold advantage, they were winning. And then Graze is on top side, they force on bottom, Jace is there, Nidalee is there, they win, and this makes them recover the game. This makes them recover the game so, so much. And it's very important to highlight that these compositions, you know, the itemization of top esports is very clean and straightforward. Armor is going to be super valuable. Selfmade was monster ahead this game, but his lethality buy into PD, like... Graves damage is something that is something that you can deny with it. You can deny it. Like if, if every enemy, like if every champion on the enemy team is weak, like Galio in this case, if Galio is monster weak, you can easily itemize and deal with Graves damage. He's not reliable as the person with all of the gold. It's good that he has the gold. Seth made it good, right? I'm not saying Seth made a mistake by taking all of this gold that was right there in front of the floor for him. But... 
There's a scion he needs to get through. Tomkins can buy armor. Nidalee went raw into Zonia's. She's going to be Tonki. Senna, Jace can even go for a GA. So there is very, very easy access to armor if you want it. And Jace, Nidalee, Senna, they have so many cheap items to buy. By the time Muramana lands on Jace, Senna, it is going to be too difficult for Fnatic to, to break that. So if you look at the team composition, what do these team composition want to do? Pause the video for a moment, think about it, think about it, think about your answer. Top Esports want long and extended fights. They have Nidalee Heels, Nidalee Spears, Senna Qs, Jace EQs. They want long and extended fights. What do Fnatic want to do? They want explosiveness. They want to grab the Scion into a doof into an E of set, and then you want the Galiult with the Ornult, and then you want to just hammer them down in one swoop. So the enemy doesn't get value off of all of these heals. There was a big fight around Dragon where Ornult was used, there was no Galio ultimate, I was legit screaming for the Galio ultimate, where is the Galio ultimate? I was saying it, it never came. And after that fight happened, boom, Toby Sports got the Nasher, and then it was all over. I think Top Esports, the key thing here is, after they got the comeback on bottom, Nidalee got back into the game. Nidalee was completely out of the game. Grace was monster far ahead. He had a herald. He was going to put it down. He's going to get even more money. He's going to be so, so fed. But then there was a fight on bottom where Nidalee gets a triple kill. And then there was a continuation in the bottom side where Nidalee just got kill after kill when Grace was already so far ahead. So this game was 100% winnable for Fnatic. Uh, that start was beautiful for them. But just... Um, this showcased some desperation for Fnatic. They showed old tendencies that uh, were not so good for Fnatic. They also had the situation where Reckless and Nilisang tried to kill a Scion with 300 armor on top. He tried to ult away, Rakan flashed after, and then Ash legit fucking shot maybe 1 million arrows into the back of Scion. And then eventually he ulted into the enemy, and boom, Reckless Nilisang died before uh, the third Drake. And this gave. You know, this composition of top esports time to get double Muramana procced and then boom, their composition is just needs to survive that initial push and the initial engage. And that's where Tom Kench actually finds value. You know, I was unhappy about the Tom. But the way Tom Nidley played in this game, like they found a lot of value off of Tom. You know, I can criticize the Tom Kench pick in the draft phase and how it looks like as it's coming in, but this Tom Kench found insane amounts of value. Nidalee and, and Tom kind of functioned like an Ezreal Tom. Like just because you have a Tom, you're allowed to uh, E in and EW in with Ezreal because Tom can eat you and you have a lot more potential to work with. The same thing happened with Nidalee in this game. Nidalee got to jump in and got eaten and got a lot of kills due to it. So this Tom Kench eventually uh, did manage to save key people uh, when it comes to the team fights and uh, Top Esports showed a lot of class to come back from such a deficit. But that deficit was there in the first place, and Fnatic had this game by the Nads. Coming into the last game, uh, I think Fnatic kind of lost the plot here on what they want to do in the game. If this was Fnatic 2019, I'd be like, yeah, this is this is Exodia draft for, for Fnatic. Because it, 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 that's what it looks like, right? It's a 2019 Fnatic draft. Lulu ban, I don't get it. Lulu ban was strange. Set ban was something they were scared of. Cinder was something they banned every game. Set Lulu, I, I, I don't know. 
The reason I don't care too much about the bands around here is because the champions that top esports are playing are not necessarily champions that I would be like, yeah, you had to ban this. It's just kind of like hindsight analysis because these champions aren't necessarily super strong. But at least they had the foresight to remove Silas in a previous game. I like Top Esports' first three bands. This is the bands that I was advocating for on Crackdown, on this channel, on Twitch, in conversations with my girlfriend where she was just listening to me and saying, aha, yeah, that sounds interesting, Jacob. Yeah? And I was saying Lucian, Oriana, Graves. These are the three key champions. Okay, Senna first pick. Ezreal Leeson. I was like, what the fuck? You're picking Lee? You mad. You mad, bro. I thought they were going to go Ezreal, Nidli. And then I thought they were going to go for the Renekton Thal. Or I thought they were going to go Nidalee and Twisted Fate. And then go Renekton, Camille third. And then boom, you have Exudia Draft. But they didn't do it. Why no Nidalee? Why no Twisted Fate? Anyhow, I think the mindset of Knight is, I don't want to play Twisted Fate against Nemesis. I'm way better. Give me something where I can dominate. Where I can muscle him out. I have the Silas ready. The enemy didn't ban Silas. One, two, three. So we don't need to ban Twisted Fate. It allows us to go for the Graves. So this is... You know, expanding on this. I mentioned Fnatic bans don't matter. Now I realize maybe they should have just kept banning the Silas as they did. What the fuck was this Lulu ban? I know Knight played some in regular season, but come on, man. Lulu ban? Lulu ban. Leeson gets locked in. Rakan, Twisted Fate. Okay. Twisted Fate was banned all games. Maybe Nemesis practiced in solo queue. Maybe somebody knows. Nemesis, Twisted Fate, Nemesis. Okay. It kind of functions similar to Galio, right? You can not play for lane and then you can ult elsewhere and be useful and be first to fights. Anyhow, Kindred gets banned, no Kindred, uh, which is good, you know, just remove Kindred, it, it brings randomness to the game. Camille gets out, and then Sion gets locked in. And here I thought, okay, they're going for Orn. But they didn't go for Orn, they went for GP Blind, GP Blind and Gragas. And let's be honest, GP and Vladimir had nothing to do with this game. They didn't matter, because the only thing that mattered this game was the level 3 gank that happened mid lane. And that level 3 gank, let me tell you guys, completely decided the game. Why did it decide the game? Because Twisted Fate against Silas early on can find pressure. And uh, the key thing here about what happened was that Twisted Fate burned Flash, had to TP back, and died. And died. He could have just flashed the gank. You know, the gank was smart. It was listen. Getting Leash on bottom side into Gromp, into Wolves, and then level 3 gank mid from bottom side. Very unorthodox. Even though maybe it could be, could be predicted because it's such a, such a timing window. Timing window where it can happen, you hover into top side, and then that same timing window, you move into bot side when the timing window closes because Leeson cannot waste time. So there is ways to play around it, right? But it was smart. I'll give Karsa that. It was smart. This broke the game. It really broke the game. Leeson gets a kill and he goes into topside. He reaches level 6 first. The next, the next interaction that happened was then Rakan roamed into mid. Silas was on mid lane. And then there was a 3v3 fight. GP ult was ready, so this was their time to shine. But Gragas level 5 against Leeson level 6. Level 6 of Leeson because of the kill. Level 6 Leeson because of the kill. And also the worst part is Twisted Fate had no flash. And then the game was in the coffin already. The game was in the coffin. Looking at the draft as well, you know, Fnatic have a very strange draft. I don't really know how they plan to ever kill a Silas the moment he buys Mercury. Mercury counters 
Fanatics draft. You buy Mercury, Silas is unkillable. Vladimir Mercury is unkillable. There is not enough burst, there is not enough consistent damage to break champions like Silas and Vladimir. They're very, they have a lot of healing, sword executioners might help you, but if Topis was his ahead, they're going to stay ahead because the fights would be too damn easy. I think picking GP and Gragas 4-5 when enemy has Silas is griefing. It's really griefing. Like you're giving Silas two fantastic ultimates. And Jizuki really loves Rakan ultimate too, so there's that. But GP and Gragas were just ultimate food for Silas and they are not going to do anything that um, kind of uh, makes you better. So the Silas really pieced it together and I think uh, this best of five reached a point where Fnatic ran out of fuel. To summarize it, you know, what are our key takeaways? You know, I think Top Esports underperformed game one and two. I think Fnatic capitalized on the predicted bans. You know, they had some interesting adaptations. I think Hilisang and Reckless really set up the bot lane for success. And I think a lot of the advantages that they got, they're easy to manage. You know, in the sense that, you know, you can put your support in the mindset where you just need to make sure that you don't die, you know? Playing against Fnatic is something that you need to experience. And uh, Yuyanja, rookie, you know, he really, really bounced back. I thought, you know, looking at Game 3, that Fnatic had good momentum, but it didn't seem to face Top Esports at all. It really didn't. Top Esports have been in wars when it comes to best of fives throughout the year. Absolute wars. Series that have gone to five games. So... Top Esports definitely have the experience to pull shit back. And they did. They really, really did. Now, a lot of people, uh, I'm not saying all of you, but there are Fnatic fans out there or fans of the game in general that want to point fingers or be bench this guy, remove this guy. For example, the conversation Maggie Felix. I, I really don't think subbing Maggie Felix would do anything. Like, uh, Keep in mind, Nemesis has played with these guys for two years. Of course, Selfmade came in this year. That type of synergy and that type of experience matters and Maggie Felix is known to play worse when it comes to bigger games and this is the biggest game ever but game five you're about to upset a tournament favorite this is one of the biggest games ever so I don't think you should be saying anything about Maggie Felix uh, in terms of champion pool issues I think you know Nemesis definitely has them uh, it's it's something that I think you know, Knight is better than Nemesis. It's not a big surprise. Uh, they tried to cover it as much as possible, and I think that was good by the immense work that Hillisang, Reckless, and Self may put in. And I think that's something that you can be proud of when it comes to Hillisang's performance, Reckless' performance, Self May's performance. I think Whippo also was very solid, and I think uh, his game when he played that solo kill, soul die to the Scion, definitely puts a damp like puts puts a bad light on his performance, but I think Whipple was very, very good. And Nemesis has a specific purpose on this Fnatic roster. And in this series, his job was not to die and uh, not to uh, fall too far behind. And, uh, you know, respect to Top Esports, you know, Knight is fucking good. He's really fucking good. And um, uh, Nemesis had a rough year. It, it just is what it is. I don't think, though, that you should spend time now to, you know, say, oh, kick this guy, kick this guy, kick this guy. I think... Uh, I don't think it matters to the Fnatic players or the Fnatic organization. 
I think it just shows that, uh, you know, Fnatic is an organization that has a lot of uh, passionate fans. And I just wanted to extend my words of, um, you know, support to what Fnatic accomplished today because they exceeded my expectations. They, they, they got two games in a very beautiful fashion. It wasn't like a, you know, they punished what Top East was brought to the table. And I was also super impressed by what Top East was brought to the table. That's absolutely insane that they managed to keep calm. Keep so calm after uh, going down uh, two games and they restructured the draft, they bounced back and uh, it just goes to say that the experience goes a long fucking way because their year, their year has been monstrous in terms of the wars they've been in. Really, really, really. And at the end of the day, Topis was, was better and this was everyone's expectation. I think... Um, you know, when when the mental aspect of it is not relevant, you have to look at it from game-to-game basis. Just because you're 2-0 up doesn't make it easier to take it to 3. You know, in, in theory it does, of course. You just have to win one more game. But it is still game-by-game basis. And Tobias was managed to snap out of it. And then in the end, you know, they showed that they are the better team. I think there is a lot of randomness in the current meta. And uh, I think Fnatic are good at creating that randomness and creating those situations where they're super far ahead and just get the game out of control. And uh, I think Fnatic is the only team left at this tournament outside of Genji that can really, really brutalize uh, a, a weak bot player like Yuanja when it comes to it. And I think Yuanja just got the best lesson he could have gotten uh, coming into the rest of the tournament. And there, there, this was my prediction, a big part of my prediction why I think Top Esports is going to win that one. If that's the final. I think their path to the finals, I've mentioned this in the past, I think their path to the finals is going to be much, much more gruesome than Damon's path. There is a big chance that Damon just 6-0 their way to the finals. And I think wars, these wars where games go all the way to 5 this teaches you so much about yourself, about your team. There are so many lessons in there that are going to be so, so important. And I think uh, it's important to highlight that. I think uh, Toby Sports and Damo are both fantastic teams with a lot of fucking potential. But I think, you know, the the year of experience is going to really, really matter. And it mattered today for Toby Sports. This leads us into, of course, uh, the next series, which is Genji versus G2. So for those who follow this channel know that I am leaning towards G2. I think it's going to be a very close series. It all comes down to what did these teams do in this weeks of practice. I think uh, Genji, when they're picking Italy, they're playing a very topside heavy game, and I don't like this for Genji. Also, Genji's experience when it comes to best of fives hasn't been, hasn't been you know, it has seen better years. They've played three best of five this year, if I remember correctly, and they've lost two of them and won one against a T1 that had a lot of issues. A lot of issues. This wasn't a T1 that you can be that proud of beating. Of course, you denied them the World Championship, but T1 had problems that they were dealing with too. So Genji's track record when it comes to best of fives hasn't been that impressive. And um, I think that worries me. When we think of G2, this is the same roster that has played together now for... um, Two years, they've been in wars themselves against T1. Uh, they've get, gotten struck down and beaten and crushed. They've also crushed other people. They've had any, like all types of different experience when it comes to best of five. They have the same coaching staff. It's just the same group dynamic has gone through those moments. 
I understand that the ruler has immense experience. He's a world champion, but the same group, you know, the same group haven't been through those times together. And that really develops you as a group if you survive them. You know, getting 3-0 by FPX might be the best thing that, you know, could have happened to you coming into this world championship, right? If we think of this uh, as, a, as a big lesson. And I think G2, uh, also as a team, I believe in their ability more to grasp more concepts and add layers to their gameplay within the span of a week. And uh, I think this is also important. I think Genji have been very static in how they've approached the game. And I think they have very strong individual players. And I think Clid is doing well. I think BDD is doing well. And Rule is going to be healthy. And I think there is a scenario where Genji brute force games. They brute force games mid into bottom. And they're just individually better. And then they just take away the game. And they just play a very precise mid to late game where they give G2 no room to play with any fuckery. That can happen. Because this is the Genji that I remember from... Uh, the whole year, right? When it comes to the best of threes that they played. So either this is Genji stomping or the best of five gets dirty, which I think there's a high chance of because of how Genji looked in groups. And with that being said, I think G2 are masters when things get dirty. And I think they are masters of, you know, bouncing back after sloppy performance and learning from their situation. And now when their back is against the wall, I think we're going to see a very, very uh, different G2. I think this is going to be a close series. And I wouldn't be surprised if Gen G smash uh, G2. For all you people that are watching my videos for the sake of betting money, I would honestly stay clear of this one unless the odds on G2 are like fantastic. Because uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are betting. But uh, this is not uh, advice. This is not something that you can hold me liable for. You know, whatever. It's going to be a close series. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, I'm going to just check if there's any uh, comments in the chat. Anything in the chat? I'm just opening the chat. I think, um, you know, Mickey has been performing super well. I think Mickey has performed better, uh, uh, better than life. I think that's important. I think uh, Ruler is much better than Perks. I think that's important. I think BDD and, and Caps... I think Caps is better at recognizing how to win the game, but BDD is super strong too. I think still underrated. Um, and on top of that, uh, we look at the top side. I think Wunder has performed better uh, than... Uh, and so forth. Your RNG pickems are correct so far? Uh, actually, my RNG... Yeah, my RNG pickems is pretty precise. My RNG pickem uh, actually... Uh, predicted Suning, Top Esports, and then Suning win Top Esports, and then Genji all the way to the finals. Pride OTF, thank you so much for subscribing. Hiyoshi Beam 53, thank you for subscribing. And also, I'm trying to scroll, but the thing is not allowing me. I'm not being allowed here. And one Steamboat Mickey subscribed. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's time for me to play Clash, guys. Uh, I wanted to show you guys some more Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon things that I bought. So I bought this booster box. Bought this booster box. We're going to open it at some point. Sword and Shield. This was expensive like a motherfucker. Very, very expensive. Very expensive. We're going to open this at some point. Very fun. Thank you, Reddit99. That is your 26th. 
gift to sub and you gave it to peanut of course and here is my dark magician from yesterday dark magician dark magician very nice very nice blue eyes white dragon oof and then i bought this so it's still in the plastic right i bought this this is a very rare card in mint condition baby mint condition very nice i don't know if i'm allowed to show this on stream but uh keep your pants on ladies and gentlemen keep your pants on This card, I don't know what the worth is. Can you put the unboxing on YouTube? Will do, will do. Anyhow, that was uh, my little update when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I have something downstairs. My concierge, my guard has uh, my last box. And then we might open, open some more. Ellis is jealous? No, man, he's not jealous, man. The man has fucking black lotuses. Like, uh, is it lotuses or loti? Well, anyhow, yeah, th this card is decent amount of, uh, decent in price. I think I can get maybe 40 euro for this card. It's a mint condition from uh, the, I don't know what set it's from. He has good condition Black Lotus. He doesn't have like the better ones. Those are the most expensive, but he has a, 10 and he has like a rank 10 from Beckett's Black Lotus from I think the unlimited unlimited um, line yeah unlimited ones I think they are they're they are worth a lot of money they're gonna go fucking up yeah yeah I, I, I exaggerate when I say a lot of money I, I said a lot of money about this card because it's the most expensive card I'm holding right now and this booster pack is about 100 euro so like like yeah I exaggerated this is my, the most expensive card I own yeah, this is the most expensive card I own. 40 euro is like how much a meal costs. You, man, you, you're eating some fucking gold. Black Lotus is worth 30k dollar. There are Black Lotus from the better version that are worth 200k. Uh, so there is definitely uh, cards out there that, uh, that uh, are great. Nevertheless, I think that's a good time to end the video. Uh, I'm going to continue streaming. We're going to have Clash on this channel. Uh, yes, Frosk! Yes, I'm in. I guess for a piece of cardboard. Yo, you guys, not everyone loves the card thing, you know, but, you know, to call it a piece of cardboard is, is really... Black Lotus is worth like 1k. That is really not true, man. This guy is so confident, confidently wrong. Thank you so much for watching. Bless you and bless your face. We're going to continue with Clash on this channel. All the best to all of you. Much love.